Welcome to, to the, the Fake, Fake Magic Podcast. <laughs> My name's Matt. I'm Jordan. And together... We're Matt and Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really silly right now. Uh, can I start Guns a Blazin'? Yeah, go ahead. Sick. Jump into okay, it. Okay, so this is a continuation from our last Riffy episode where we were talking about Cuba and American imperialism. In that span of time where I read that article about their vaccine, there is tons of CIA propaganda coming out against Cuba right now, suggesting that there is revolution, pseudo revolutions occurring there, that they're trying to overthrow a dictatorship government. And this all starts, this all starts with the head of the CIA going to Brazil and meeting with their intelligence agencies. There, when did that happen? That was the week of our recording in regards of oh, Cuba's wow. new vaccine. Yeah. And so... Do you think they're conspiring together? Oh, yeah. And not only that, Haiti's leader was just assassinated, like, within this last week. Oof. And they traced... Okay, so dig this. They traced the people that assassinated the Haitian leader. And granted, he had overstayed his welcome, okay? I'm not suggesting he was a good guy. Right. But he was murdered by private militia out of Colombia. And right. they traced the money back to a firm in Miami. Oh, my God. This stuff is all connected. And you and I showed Jordan, we went and grabbed a coffee before we started this podcast, which might be why I'm a little bit jonesed right now. But um, <laughs> on CNN's website... They posted a picture of a quote-unquote Cuban revolution, but the thing that they missed out was the key detail of a street sign that somebody, were like, I don't know how they reverse image searched it, but they literally traced it back and did a side-by-side -side picture, and it's in Miami. Wow. It's, like, so lazy. So Like, the CIA used to be so what, much more badass. What I'm wondering is how do they cast people for this? You know, and get them to not talk. I think they do it in good faith. I, th I don't think they're in on the gag. I think that's the most important you, thing about the CIA. Is so you think it's a... Think about the first scene. So you think it's like a TV casting where they're like, we just need some people to shoot this scene? I think yeah. it's a little more illustrious than that. Okay. Think of the first scene of Nolan's Dark Knight. Right. With the bank heist. Where everybody it's gets... Like, yeah, one by one they get got until it's just the Joker and that's how the... It's like the, that Rick and Morty episode where like every heist, like yes. everybody always betrays each other. Yes. And uh, this is the same... This is the CIA's stomping ground. And most of it has to do with the fact that um, one of the th key components to what I believe makes the CIA mm. successful Oops. is that they are not... Um, active they are reactionary they are passive they wait for a system to either collapse or to be compromised and then they jump on it they don't at initiate least now. it. they don't initiate it i or don't know they, well what well I'm, it's still a reaction because i was thinking of like the fruitland stuff like back in whenever it was the 50s or the 60s where they installed some puppet dictator in South America. One of the first. Oh, they're, to about, to, they're about to do that in Haiti as well. I and guess that I was would, reactionary because they were trying to well, raise just, the cost of, uh, or raise uh, their wages. The same thing is uh, with Bolsonaro. I don't think that the CIA put Bolsonaro in. I think that Bolsonaro got in as a right-wing nationalist in Brazil, and right. they have such a mass population that the United States started doing backdoor deals to get Bolsonaro in legion with them. Yeah. And they're especially doing it now because there's so many South American countries that are flipping to social regimes. I mean, Peru just did. Mm -hmm. um, Chile's in their election cycle right now. They're going to elect a communist, most likely. Either that or they're... A 
electing a diluted socialist uh, a la Bernie Sanders-esque, mm. um, which I, I genuinely hope to God they don't. But um, uh, Colombia's got an election coming up to, if they can even hold it. Right. Um, that Colombia's election, if they held an election and it stayed in place uh, with uh, even the mildest iota of civility, I would be shocked. Right. Hey, maybe that's what's going to happen. <laughs> well, <laughs> with all the crazy shit happening. If you uh, pull back the curtain even a little bit further, uh, Cuba has some of the uh, largest reserves of cobalt and nickel in the world. Mm. And so this all ties back to fucking Elon Musk, which it's mm. like so gross. I just got done. Shout out to True and On. Uh, they're podcast series. yeah they're super good their podcast series on elon was so, oh they did an elon yeah, series i gotta they, go listen to it, it the thing that they did a really good job on is they basically showcased him as a circus master they, he sort of is i yeah, mean with, with all like the pranking and well you know and not just that but he like he promises people things that he literally doesn't have on the material plane so like one right. of the one of the quote unquote cute things that Tesla does that like you're supposed to be cool with is like, and if you're listening to this and you bought a Tesla and you're waiting because it's backordered and you keep getting these emails from Elon himself and you feel included like I'm sorry that you fell for this bullshit, but you are in for a wild ride. Uh, and I might even just add an anecdote to that. I know a dude that bought a Model Three quote unquote paid his down payment for a Model Three in 2017, and still doesn't fucking have it. Did he refund? No. It? God, So no. he's still waiting. Oh, yeah. Because they're all, like, bought in on this well, idea. Uh, this is the all idea. All the down payments Elon. are super cheap, too. It's, like, well, 500 or less. It's relative. I, cause well, I, he, paid he paid 1500 He paid 1500 yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah dude. Because huh, I was watching. Well, and dig this, dude. Elon will email out when he, like, when they're worried that they're about to get. Um, so, like, I'm doing a really bad job of just explaining all this. But, like, basically what happens is Elon sends out these cute Dogecoin tweets. They saturate the Tesla's value on the stock market. And then the FCC goes, you cannot fucking do that. You are literally promoting insider trading and, um, like, short selling. And so they find him and then he goes, okay, I can't do this, but this is what I would totally do if I could. And then he, so it's like a meta version of what he's trying to do. And they go, you also can't do that. Just stop tweeting. And then it fucks with a Tesla stock value. So what happens is when either they're about to do a uh, roll call and they want all of the shares called for, or they're about to come sniffing around, he asks for more money on the down payments. So he'll send out this, mm. Tesla will send out this cute email that's like, we're almost there. We need a little bit more money to get your cars done. If you can do another 500 on your down payment, we're going to be able to up the speed on production. And these fucking dopes, and I feel bad for them. They go, oh, yeah, we'll all do it. And the reason I get to say that is because I genuinely was obsessed with Teslas up until probably within the last eight months. Right. When well, I really are... started to fall out of love with Elon. And I will like definitely admit that I was a dipshit about well, that. Well, I'll say... Um... With Tesla, the technology is pretty cool. So that's like the first like allure, right? And then it is like objectively right now the best electric vehicle you can buy. At least as far as the tech goes. I mean, I'm not sure about Bill. Have I know. you read about the Teslas that have caught on fire and the electronics stopped working in them and people literally burned to death? Mm-mm. There's a bunch of those. Well, like, I knew for sure about... Uh, the electronics are not Like all, the build quality. Like 
there are a lot of smoke and mirrors. There are a lot of smoke and mirrors. Right. I I thought the same thing for a long time. I'm not trying to contradict you either. Um, mostly because Elon controls the press when it comes to Tesla. Like, dude, he he's like Donald. He will literally call a journalist and be like, "You're wrong about all this stuff. Let me correct you." Yeah. And literally bully them into like not recording or reporting. There's a really good YouTube video where these, so there's this PBS show and it's these two guys, they're car guys and they basically do rundowns on vehicles and stuff. And they'll just call spades a spade. They did one on a model three about six months ago and they likened its build quality to a 2001 Hyundai, which, which is mm, that's pretty alarming. Bad. Yeah. Oh, one yeah. Hyundai's. Well, are, I have a 2010 Hyundai and, it's not that great. You, you get what you pay for. Right? I mean, a 2001 <laughs> Hyundai Elantra is a 1983 Honda Accord. Right. I mean, eh, eh, yeah. but not even that quality. And look, I mean, just real quick, I, I'm not paid to say this, obviously, but uh, modern Hyundais are solid cars. Yeah. Modern Hyundais are solid cars. The Koreans have done a really good job making making a good product. I think the new ones are dope. Um, right. But the, the point that I'm making is this is a 2018 Model 3 that they reviewed and they compared it to a 2001 Hyundai. And like, they, yeah. Well, and a lot dude. of times, though, those first lines of any kind of vehicle are have tons of problems that they haven't troubleshot. That, that's and they fair. come up later and they're like, oh, this component fails on like 80% of the cars. I'm just really gun shy to like even have that kind of like thought process on these cars when right. they're semi autonomous. Right. I don't think you can do that. I think that that's like one of those things where it's like you literally need a beta test of a car before you drive. If it's going to be tech heavy, it needs a beta test. Right. But I, I think with the rollout, and I think they're several years ahead of most other car companies as far as the... I'm talking about the software, like mm-hmm. the tech, like the auto. It's not great. I think it's worse than what they're saying. The concepts are um, dope. Like the but d- I, th- I think they're ahead, like, because Ford's going to release the Ford Lightning and all of that, mm-hmm. which actually looks really cool. It does look cool. And the new um, Chevy Bolts are sick. Yeah. And I'm well, not one to give Chevy credit uh, because they took bailout money. I, yeah. that, I will forever be salty to Chevy about that. Right. Uh, and I think that they took a quality yeah, dip after GM that. Yeah, GM in general. Um, yeah, I'm really mm. talking out of school here because I'm not a car guy. I'm more of well, like... Well, you sold them for uh, a while. Well, and I worked on them. I, right. When I ran the machine shop, I got... Re- like, I've watched every YouTube video on, like, what is a carburetor? Like, what is an engine like i can explain the components of the car but the the best mechanics in the world are the ones that look at a car like a set of legos yeah it, like and i hate to compare it like that but oh, it's I, sort of the same with I've like pcs around, and i've been around you know. like legit mechanics who were like taking me to school and like spinning circles around me i just want to preface that by saying i'm not a mechanic but i've been around these guys this ilk rather <laughs> and uh when they get under a car like that they turn into a five-year-old with a set of Legos. Right. It's insane. Like, especially when they're passionate about Most it. Most of them like it to at least one degree. Um, it, it's like insane. So what I was going to say, though, uh, Tesla does have a pretty bad track record for lying because they were like, the Model 3 is going to be the uh, economy, like $30,000 electric vehicle. But like you said, they're like, once we get production going and once we get enough orders and enough revenue, then we can drop the price, which maybe they can. But they're like half a decade behind their promise on this at this point. Well, and it's like uh, Um, Tesla's from two years ago are more expensive on Kelly Blue Book to trade than buying a brand new one right now. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I don't. Is it build quality stuff? No, no. It's literally inflation. There's uh, and I'm talking out of school here. You you would need to I, the true non 
gang did such a good job researching this that I'm yeah. doing a discredit. The reason I brought up uh, Tesla to begin with is because of the cobalt. This is the whole reason that they staged the coup in Bolivia. And Bolivia has the socialist... He's a Bernie Sanders-esque guy. I, right. And I hate to say that like a four-letter word, but I just... These guys that are inside of the institution, I just want to make this pitch really quick. If 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 your person that you're hanging your hat on is saying that they want to fundamentally change the institution from the inside, they're full of shit. And I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. I'm sorry if you're like, but what about AOC? Yes, I'm literally talking about her. I'm literally talking about Donald. Like the person that's staging the revolution, yeah. they're not doing it with the cool kids. No. They're well, doing it with the geeks. Well, anytime and the, the, they, the losers. They're organizing that group. I feel like anytime there's any sort of like populist movement, it's a letdown every single time. Well, that's its intent. Yeah. I, I think populism's intent yeah, is that, to be disappointing. Yeah. They want to uh, appear as anti establishment when it's funded and backed by establishment. Yeah. I Bernie lost me when he buddied buddied with Ben and Jerry. And, and I understand that they're all from Vermont and it's cute, but Ben and Jerry like pass out anti-union uh, literature and he just like right. turns a cheek and it's like, you're so f- like you fucking I, I liar. Get, I get there's a game to play, but it, it just sucks when you're disappointed literally every time and you there's know, like no other option. If he literally would have just run as an independent and been like, let's create a chasm and fucking disrupt this whole entire system. I would let that kind of thing pass, but he just sheepdogged so many times, and it's just man, I would love to see an independent run. Oh, he he did for didn't he drop off the Democratic Party for like three months or something for a while? He 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 claimed independent for a while. That might have been the first time he ran. Okay, that might have been the first time he ran. There's so much stuff that happened behind the curtain that we don't know about. Oh, there always and, is. And that's yeah. what makes me feel bad is Bernie's legacy is going to progressively... It's just going to be a disappointment. Get, yeah, it's going to get more disappointing as the decades go by because yeah. shit's going to get worse and people are going to be like... And by people, I mean shit libs are going to be like, it's really bad and this is because of Donald and because of the Republicans. And it's like, dude, first of all, those like it's all the same team. And you're not included. They're playing mm-hmm. a whole different ball game, and they're not. Yeah, including well, they all you. go to dinner together and celebrate each other's birthdays, and they're at each other's know? weddings, and they're all connected yeah. to Jeffrey Epstein. Like all, and, you know, you you see like Obama sitting right next to George Bush Jr. And, and dude, like the one that gets me is George Bush and, standing next to the fucking Virgin Mobile CEO, the one that just went to outer space. I forget his name. Uh, Richard Branson. Yeah, and they've got like pictures of Obama being all cute and hunky dory with him, like out on a yacht, like yeah. boating around and shit. And that stuff makes me so sick. Well, to that my was stomach. the other it's thing. Just, like, like the hope and change was a disappointment. Yeah, it's um, it's from one imperialist pig to another. Suck my dick. Like I just, I'm so sick of all of them. I'm so sick of all of them. And um, what's interesting is that article that I sent or was showing you about. Um, Biden, the Biden team right now is trying to set up a red mm-hmm. phone, red line to China, which is basically like synonymous with like the Red Scare era of like Russia and the United yeah, States. Yeah, like had they'll a get on the phone if they're could ready to, to push connect the Gorbachev to yeah. like whatever president just, yeah. yeah, just to make sure that no matter how bad things got, we're not going to push the we're button. We're not going to button each yeah. other. Yeah. We're and, not going to. What I think is hilarious is like the United States desperately wants to do this. Like they think they have any power to release nuclear weapons and China, China has all the power in this move. Right. Yeah, because they control the industry, dude. Like, yeah. And this well, is this is actually funny a testament is, of it, uh, the age of Aquarius, too. Also, but what I was going to say is the, the reason they have all that power is because of 
older capitalists. Yeah, they've from they, the you know well, in the '60s and the '70s it, who opened up trade to China for the sake of exploitation. Yeah, they literally wanted the commodification so, so that they could have more money. So they exploited to have more yachts. They exploited for as long as they could, which you know now is like pushing between like forty and sixty years. Now we're they're going to reap the karma of that from like all U.S. companies being second to Chinese. Our companies. whole culture is about to cash in on this. Yeah, this is like this is the sensation that you're experiencing right now is like rents coming due. And yeah, we have an rent. eviction notice on the door. <laughs> and uh, the the other thing like, I just want to elaborate on the Aquarian Age is uh, most. Most IP in this country, intellectual property, is uh, ignored. Not, well, it, it, if you're if you're out of NATO, it's pretty much ignored. Well, and and the thing it's is, real, is like with the United States, was. with the United States, all of our intellectual property right now is uh, not well. A majority of it is moving out of the material world and yeah. into, in, into the air. And this is yeah, dangerous with like in a, with tons in, of TV shows and, and script writing and the, internet, and, and the yeah. internet. I mean, you just look at like material, like think about just, just stop and think really quick about how many things you bought in the last month that are, don't exist on a material plane. Yeah. How many subscriptions games, did you play for? Yeah. How many subscriptions did you pay DLC. for? How many random like <laughs> digital things did you buy in the last month that don't have a material asset? Yeah. Well, that started, yeah, especially back with. I mean, it was going. It's been going on since the internet was a, a thing. But well, and as uh, as we upload into this next plane I feel of like consciousness, World of Warcraft was like the beginnings of it being huge. You know, what I, I mean, well, mainstream. I, I think AOL is going to be remembered as the first pioneer to the age of Aquarius. Do you know they still make money? I've heard from that. people who haven't canceled their subscriptions. That's so interesting, like for um, five dollars a month or something. That's so funny. Well, like, like from the nineties. The idea with like the material plane is like it, this age of Aquarius is fine and it's going to lift up the lowest denominator, which is great. You're going to see a lot of uh, the third world be industrialized yeah. in a way that is a net positive for them while you see the first world yeah. loosen up a little bit. Now, the one thing to keep in mind, though, is uh, it is going to make any of the uh, sleeping giants that are living in this age of air vulnerable so like what you're going to see is more and more vulnerabilities of these ruling powers making themselves look dumb uh and and what i mean by that is like yeah. you know because everything like, airs like the dirty laundry is aired out yeah the only way to rectify maybe that's your, why the cia is slipping up well i think i think it's also why the dollar is like slowly imploding is because right. the dollar is an exchange in a capricornian world the right. dollar cash is king in an aquarian world thoughts are worth a more yeah. value than current than physical currency crypto yeah because it's like, it doesn't even actually exist it's a concept a Aquarians an idea. are not going to care about your material possessions. Like, and this is where communes are going to become more and more viable is just as more and more commodify commodifications cease to be yeah. of value. And this is yeah. actually where like, when you see like dystopian futures where it's like everybody has electric cars, well, only the rich will have vehicles. It will get to a point yeah. where they like what the rich are going to have to realize is that they have to subsidize the poor to update our public transit systems so that they can continue to have their vehicles. And yeah. this is the reason that global warming is like cashing in on us is yeah. it's going, all right, motherfuckers, you have to have a restructure. Mm -hmm. And so the rich are going to do all of these like back padding projects. Like, yeah, it'll be under the guise of uh, charity, but it's really so they could 
keep their toys. Yeah, they're gonna have like they're gonna have things like I mean, just just to like, get yourself you, emotionally you will, prepared for it. Like you're gonna eventually, have, like, you're gonna have Amazon Railway. Oh yeah, you're gonna have Amazon Railway, and it's gonna be like a big industrious system to get you from point A to point B, and and you're gonna be on these like really cheap train rides that are also like hauling material goods, right? Um, but there's going to be catches to like all of these things. Yeah, so like you're going to see things get better for yourself, but as a collective, we're going to But you're going to get priced out of like homes and you're going to get priced oh, out of vehicles. Well, the other, the, the other thing with the Aquarian age is like our generation, the millennials and the zoomers, especially, and then the generation, the alphas that are coming after them. Um, they're not going to have domiciles on the physical plane. Like we're gonna really move towards like communal housing. I mean, it's just like you look I at feel the like city that's of Chicago. The city of Chicago just changed their zoning codes on what a so like it's no longer referred to as a single family home is a resident. They call it a multi. They call it a multifamily home. Yeah. And Portland did this like a decade ago, so they're actually like urbanizing decently. Honestly, Age of Aquarius or not, I feel like it was heading that direction anyway, just because humans. And Gordon White talks a lot about it, but humans traditionally have lived multi-generational. Well, um, and I think that we're going back to it because we yeah. pushed out and because we were in a Capricornian age. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the most obvious evidence of the Capricornian age is the 50s. Yeah. Like the why I and like yeah, Darcy like, stayed at home there, and I love Lucy Sonny. and you had one family and you had the milkman that dropped the milk off. Everybody got to like have their way. Yeah. And you in, had your in, yard. Like, you had your car. Yeah. yeah. And then it if was you like, were white and a man, it's pretty. It was pretty so, good. It was so Capricorn. You had the yeah. boat that you took the kids out on, and uh, they went to college. They got a good education, so they could attempt to replicate the same thing. Yeah. I've thought a lot about the generational trauma of the boom, the late boomers into the Gen Xers. Is that uh, they didn't get to live the American dream that their parents did or promised them? Yeah, and so it's a it the millennial or the boomer Gen Xers were in this soup of the reclamation of the Vietnam war and the guilt associated with it yeah, and the shame of not living up to their parents' expectation well, of them. As a matter of fact, failing as a generation. And I don't mean to constantly shit on the boomers because I genuinely, well, that's what created hippie culture. Even well, though most of them went back to work and put a suit back on. Exactly. Eventually they gave it up because we talked they about it do the it other day. Yeah. They yeah. eventually, it's just like when you see the pictures of the people at Woodstock and they're all fried yeah. and they're and all they like, voted for Nixon and Reagan other, and they voted for, Do- <laughs> and they voted for Donald. Right. Like you yeah. have to keep, you have to accept the majority you have anyway. to accept that these people eventually they I have gave respect up for and the attempted to, to yeah dude i love like seeing uh, that. lon milo duquette from he's like a he's a pretty big occultist author now and he's Word. like he's like one of the top oto guys but well, he's I, super genuine well super think about like genuine. cornell west dude cornell west has turned down um tenure tracks at harvard because he refused to bend the knee right um another one that i think of is um what's his name that's is pretty it? significant oh yeah too. cornell like, west is a bad bad man yeah. the fact that he calls out angela davis because did you hear the angela davis like the the communist revolutionary released a clothing line uh, <laughs> uh yeah like uh, you couldn't pick i already a laughed more at clothing line. you couldn't pick a more tone deaf time <laughs> to try to find a way but the the clothing line is designed that just threw me off for some reason the clothing line is designed around black lives matter right it's just like uh, it's so 
it's literally like Susan G. Komen's like race for the cure where like none of the proceeds go yeah. towards cancer. They go towards awareness of cancer. Or if she's literally yeah. commodifying outrage yeah. and making money for herself. And it's yeah, like, how dare you thousands. call yourself a communist? Like you're a pig. Yeah. Like just, and this, I, again, not to be too like schizoidal, but like just to like tie some loose ends together. This is truly why I have more respect for shitholes on the right is because they don't tell you that they don't suck they just suck right like ted yeah. cruz is a piece of shit and you look at him and you're like you he fucking knows. suck and he, he literally looks like randall from recess he's just like yeah you know it's yeah like, if, well, he, if he turned know, giant at least you know you fucking loser you know but yeah, like they, but, they, but you've got like angela davis's you've got aocs and you're like you fucking suck and they're like no 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 you don't understand like i'm oh i'm woke and it's like that's the point is you are an a bad faith actor. You were lousy. You were lousy as a person. And it makes me sick. And and the thing is, is like, this is the danger of trying to use like any kind of like popular opinion or like using what, what would they call it? like the public square to try to organize instead of just organizing from the ground up is you build your house of cards and then they as soon as somebody finds your Achilles heel a lot of the time it's power or mm. uh, like popularity yeah, they, they, or notoriety uh, that's like crumbles. the main thing is they honeypot your human weaknesses yes they go like oh, well that's why Epstein existed was to compromise people you know in his yeah, penthouse all of the, all of the so CIA. they can control him yeah, yeah, yeah with, he just did like this, with like, their permission like and, with a wink and a nudge well you know? I think that the CIA caught on to what he was doing like if I get to put my tinfoil hat on and guess as to how the Epstein thing came to be I don't think he was a CIA agent I think what happened was he had a really good thing going for manipulation and control within the elites and then the CIA went hey dude we want in Right. And they basically opened him a back door yeah. so he knew exactly who to exploit and exactly how to exploit them. Yeah. I think and that's he, how it probably well, happened. And while doing it, got to indulge in all of his dark fantasies and all the money that he could have ever wanted, which is very sickening, you know. It's like, uh, what is it from? Is it from Hot Fuzz when they're like, are we the baddies? Yeah. Yeah. That's what the CIA has been since day one. Well, like there's there's theory that <laughs> since well, before day one, there's like a rumor that if you get your top secret, they call it like a super secret security clearance. Uh, like one of the rites of passage is that you get to hear like your superior go. Yeah, we killed JFK. And then that's like the indoctrination of like explaining how it happened. Mm. They got like this court that like like how but when you they frame retailer, it. They're gonna frame yeah. it like oh, we were we had to do it. That we had to do it because we had they, to save yeah, whatever. They explain and, themselves as a cabal, like a yeah. healthy cabal for the sanctimonious. Like nature yeah, it was of the bad, human, but we had to do it. People. Yeah, it was, which is a load of bullshit. I just want to make sure that I say that. Um, right. And and I truly believe that like each one of these. I imagine you like sit down in the room, like the briefing room, and they put in like this VHS tape from like the last time they updated it. It was like ninety five, and they're right. like, "No, it's after nine eleven. But... Welcome to the CIA." And they just like, <laughs> "Oh yeah," and it's like, "It's yeah, like it's the training like the... tapes from like yeah. stupid retail it's the chains." It's the, yeah. well. I think the retail chains got it from the CIA or one of them got it from the other. Yeah. Cause it's all top down. Oh, I mean, yeah. um, I've worked for like two major like retailers in the last 10 years and I've gotten to like the level where you start to see the, like really see the sinewy bull, like bureaucratic bullshit. And let me tell you, it's all the same fucking thing. 
Mm-hmm. It's all the same fucking thing. Like they all use the same. It's the same template. They yeah. all use the same formulas. There's different They're colors, trying to cash different in. faces. Yeah. But it's from like like if you shop at Whole Foods because you think it's like higher quality food than like your local retail supermarket, you're fucking fooling yourself. You are fooling yourself on every level. They might have more variety. They might have something that like this, like this one, this one comes with extra virtue and it's like, Ooh, this one makes my feel good. Believies feel so good inside. Mm. And they, it costs more because it's more ethically sourced. And it's like, never mind that it's owned by Amazon. Like it makes me feel better. Like if that works for you, that's fine. But it's the same fucking thing. Yeah. It's all like our food all comes from the same process mm-hmm. source down to like even your produce. It yeah. It's like how Cisco place. supplies every restaurant in America with the same food. Yeah. Yeah. You're uh, eating like different versions of Gloid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you truly are. I learned that when I cooked in Vegas. Dude. Yeah. Like I cooked at this high, I cooked at a high end. Well, I was like restaurant. ordering from Cisco back like when I worked in fast food. Oh really? As like a late teenager. And I was like, Oh, and the margins are insane. Oh, yeah. It's like 20 cents, at least back then, for like well, a like head of you, lettuce, and they're going to upcharge it like 20 times, you know? Oh, yeah. Would, so that's you, how you make the money. Really, really rich the people. Money. Like the low, the low bourgeois, like the ones that just want to have like a couple houses and just like have fuck around money and eventually... Yeah, they're like, I'm, and, I'm humble. I just need yeah, they, five they, vacation They want to kind of fuck hookers and do blow but not after all they've the retired. Time. Yeah. yeah, after they like... Maybe put once on the a year. show of the once pony. a year, you know, yeah, yeah, only, yeah. you know, yeah. or, or like when, when, when you go out with your buddies from high school or college to go ski for the weekend, yeah. you're going to bring the hook some, or and you're going to do some blow. Yeah. yeah. You're going to do some well, blow and you're going to fuck hookers. I mean, they're bourgeois. They're I, not going to go below cocaine. I just want to, I, I just want to say for the record, I don't <laughs> care that they do this. I'm just trying to make sure that like, we're like all it's on clear. the same page of yeah. like what their behavior is. This character. They don't, that, that's the thing is like, they are literally above the rules of the rest of society of anyone outside of their class. Literally. Yeah, like that's, yeah. that's the whole point. Yeah. The their, rules start their to money. Like, well, and the there problem, is no rule. The problem is, is that our, all of our laws, our dominions and principalities in this country have dollar values associated to them. Yeah. The, you can always is, at some level, you can always buy your way out of a charge. When you stop and think about how corru- like corruption universally is disgusting at any level like it is inevitable i truly believe that corruption exists so long as there's observable human interaction within communities but the corruption that we have in our society if you stop and think about all of the gross disgusting things that happen on our world and there are still people in prison that are wrongfully executed yeah you if we oh yep. and like i remember like mind you this is tumblr so take it with a grain of salt but i I've, the comedic value of it i always appreciated was it was like man this is 2015 2016 it was like man the united states feels cursed it's almost like it's built on a giant native american yeah. burial ground <laughs> and right. it's like yeah this is like again i just yeah. i've had like these i had this idea for a novel where it was like it was a little like bespoken and I also was like not in a place where it would be appropriate for me to write it. But like it was this theory of revolution where it was like the generation of black zoomers and native American zoomers like banded together to stage a coup d'etat with the military. And then Mm. like it had a metaphysical component of it where it was like these like ancient, like ghosts of native American chiefs and slaves. I'm actually getting chills because it's such a cool concept. 
but like they're calling upon these new gods that they've created, which are like these ancient chiefs and these ancient like slaves that had names and they're calling upon them for protection. And like, as they're like going into these like gorilla fights, like they're seeing these ghosts and these apparitions and they're being like Mm. granted protection and things. I actually am like really into that idea. That reminds me of just adjacently to the the army of the dead from the Lord of the Rings. That's exactly what I'm, that's the same kind of imagery I'm getting at. Um, well, and like, again, it's like, uh, I I think of like when Shay was murdered in Colombia and he was like, go ahead and kill me. I'm only a man. You cannot stop this revolution. You know, have you ever watched the footage of when Fidel and the Cubans finally got Shay's remains back from Colombia? And like, it was like 91, 92 and Uh they had a huge parade. It's like televised. And they have like these, per, they have like bands, these giant brass bands right. that are playing uh, like a funeral processional because they're giving Shay like uh, an appropriate like processional. Yeah. And uh, Fidel's just like sobbing his brother Rafael is, or Raul, pardon me, is also sobbing. And it's just like the emotional intensity of like Fidel being able to fight off these imperialist pigs with his nation in solidarity for years. Yeah. And decades and decades that, and decades. That, what and is surprising? Cha- oh, no. Yeah. Back. Go ahead. No, I just. Like, what is intense. surprising is how uh, Castro just avoided those dozens and dozens and dozens of suicide, or not suicide, well, assassination fake suicide, attempts. Assassinated. Yeah. As assassination attempts. Like, it makes me with really... the might, the quote unquote might of the CIA, you think they would have been able to do it. But yeah, there's... you think they would have been able to kill Osama bin Laden? They weren't able to kill. We weren't able to kill Osama bin Laden with JSOC and the CIA until Obama or Obama until Osama bin Laden's people started turning on him. Yeah, until they started turning on him, and literally the reason that they turned on him, at least my understanding of it, is because he basically just turned into kind of like a Julian Assange. Like he was in hiding, and he just kind of got annoying, and they were like, "Hey, you're." At this point, you're a pest. You're mm-hmm. no longer a symbol of revolution. Because uh, I do, I think Bin Laden's gonna be remembered as a revolutionary. You know, Probably. he was one of the first. Also, he, he was, one was of the uh, first and only to really stage a major threat against the imperialists. He was also trained by the CIA. Yeah, yeah. He had a copy of something weird in his when there were photos that came out. It was either some like a cult book, something oh, like Gems he, from the Equinox, he was or heavily. Involved in, or like, it was something like man and his symbols. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I know he had but how it, to win was, friends and influence people. Yeah, I'd seen that. He also had dude. Where's my car? Apparently, he <laughs> loved that movie. I think that's fucking awesome. That's so um, funny. Yeah, and he also loved playing Doom Eternal or Doom Doom uh, the original Doom. Yeah, rather uh, on his PC. The 90s. I thought that that was also equally badass. Um, yeah, long live Osama bin Laden. What a piece of shit in a lot of regards, but uh, not like at the level of like Saddam Hussein. I just don't like really respect. The um, my problem with revolutionaries that use uh, the Abrahamic religions is like their grounds. Yeah. Like this is why I can't get behind ISIS or, and uh, why I never got behind the Taliban is because um, I don't like using the Abrahamic religions because it's just first of all, well, because they so pretend out of fashion. They're so out of fashion. They pretend it gives them authority world. to do what they're doing to be misogynistic pigs yeah. and like restructure. Yeah. They're literally trying to restructure the same thing with them in Islamic power. yeah, yeah. With Islamic features and it's like dude come on like we can have Unitarianism like you could still have your Islam beliefs like it does need an enlightenment in my opinion yeah um, but we w- you could still have those if we just like move for like universalism and this is really where like Cuba and and Fidel are such a 
beacon of hope yeah. in this world. Like no matter how bad things have gotten during COVID, I'm just reminded of like, if you think those revolutionaries were fucking aggressive, like just wait till you see our Zuma revolutionaries. Yeah. Like, and they're going to like, they're not as worn down. No, fuck no. And they are really ready to die well, because here's the thing. They're, is like, they're seeing it. Cause they, it I takes think they can one see generation, it more clearly. Like when people go like this generation is the most depressed. Like, what does that mean? I'm like, it means there's a fucking bloody revolution right around the corner because all it takes is one generation who has nothing to live for and yeah. they will put their lives on the line in a heartbeat. Yeah. And that, I think this country should be fucking frightened of that. Like you have disenfranchised a generation to the point that they don't, they quote unquote don't want to live anymore. And you think it's cute that they're all depressed yeah. and like mopey. That is dangerous. Well, dude. another they thing are going to just, they are going to pile up one after the other and dying for the sake of progress for this new thing to, for liberation. Also, what they don't have going for them is because the the boomers who are just struggling to hold on to power for some goddamn they reason. They just literally want to dying. get to the rest of their 401ks. They're um, like, boomers are such pigs on the incarnation cycle. This I'm is very what, curious. This is what's like, going what against them. Um, they don't understand the technology, so they can't propagandize as i mean even though you know facebook and all that's heavily propagandized they can't do it as well as they did with the control of the schools and with the control of the television yeah there's too many cracks yeah um because like if you fall down like a youtube conspiracy rabbit hole not all of it's gonna be fake some of it's going to be real. Yeah. And, well, and the thing is, is that's dangerous to them. Yeah. It comes to a point where like the fake, like even and if the 1% just get melded or if 10 or 1% of what they're seeing is even partially true, then they're like, what the fuck is this? You know? Well, I was uh, telling you that Alex Jones was on that podcast flagrant Two the other day. And yeah. I, I don't like that podcast. I have very, very mixed feelings about Alex Jones, but it right. was so interesting. They were asking him who he thought was. I still can't, I can't tell if he's super, if he's actually genuine believes in it or if he's some kind of front or a uh, psyop or if it's some kind of weird mix. I don't think he's a psyop. And because like when you look at his past, he was at Waco per protesting like he was on the ground yelling at dude, the people to stop. He was, you know what I mean? Protesting nine or he was protesting Operation Iraqi Freedom. Yeah, like so, dude, like dude, this guy. I think I think people like him, no matter how ridiculous they are and how like racist and xenophobic they can be. Yeah, I think he is going to be remembered in a positive light in the regard of. I think. I don't want to. At least he started him. out. He started out genuine. That's I all think, I'm saying. I think he started really, out genuine. I don't know what happened. I think he's moved through a redemption arc too, because uh -huh. he was asked uh, who he thought were bad faith actors, and he went on this tirade about Stephen Colbert being a CIA operative. That was so good. Like I was like, my little heart was singing. He was yeah. talking about how like he's like, how come nobody talks about that Colbert isn't funny anymore. And I was yeah. like, and, and he said, first of all, it's because Jon Stewart doesn't write his jokes anymore. And I was like, fuck yeah, that's fucking hilarious. Um, but he's he was, so talking, about how, he was talking about how like he pulled up the or, CNN I mean, article. He pulled up the CNN article about how Stephen Colbert like really cutely talked about how him and Chuck Schumer have conversations on the phone pretty regularly. And he was like, what do you think they're talking about? And yeah. he was like, literally, Schumer is giving him his information material. for yeah. how the Overton window needs to behave. Yeah. And you're getting a little peek behind the curtain. He's yeah. giving him and his And Conan lines. just got off the ride. He's like, I'm done doing late night. Like, And 
Alex Jones was making the case that like once we stopped believing in politicians as a as a population, the only thing that we s- went to believing in anymore was were, the late night talk yeah, shows. Was the actors was Hollywood. Yeah. And professional sports and those are starting to get compromised because like this is like how the Kaepernick national anthem thing ties into this whole thing is because once you started getting reactionaries against the revolution and then like but you got people like LeBron that are trying to create like discourse positive discourse wherever the money is yeah uh, that was a whole thing with like the China apologia that he was providing Um, once those become compromised and you can't control where like the faith of the people is that's when you well, lose the that's nation. what i'm saying I, I think it's happening with the internet um it's so the internet is the ultimate liberation tool even though like the majority of traffic goes to like a top five or top 10 sites there it's it's attention or it's essentially unlimited as far as the amount of information it can contain so like the to- probably the entirety of the truth that is actually happening is stored on the internet it's just how to piece it together. Uh, I think people are doing that because people do that all day, every day. Yes. And um, I think what we're getting now more than anything is contemporary folklore. Yeah. And I know I've talked about this a little bit, but I think that's what QAnon and things like this. And that people are like, how can you say that? This is, it's dangerous. And I'm like, that's the, kind of the fucking point yeah. is people have been so disconnected about what their purpose is to live anymore. And I swear to God, if like you're, if you have the audacity to tell me that the purpose of living is because you have hobbies that you enjoy and shit like this, <sighs> you are missing the forest for the trees. Like the point of one of the biggest pleasures of living is dreaming about what could be yeah and people are starting to do that again people Mm -hmm. are starting to do that again and it is so dangerous like uh, the the jfk speech we went to the moon in this decade not because it was easy but because it was hard like that is so inspiring because it's like when we start talking about revolution and you're you get all these naysayers that say it's not going to happen it's not going to happen we're not going to have a cultural revolution we're not going to maoism we're not going to marxist leninism we're not yeah. we're not going it, it'll to be like, a uniquely american brand yeah, of, we're not going of whatever it is yeah, yeah we're doing we're doing now and i actually don't think it's going to be american i think it's going to be global i think we're moving towards oh, global eventually. unity eventually yeah. and i think i, I don't I, think I it'll tr- happen within 100 years you don't no i think the internet it suggests otherwise i think you're going to have like because because China right now talks about communism. Whenever they speak about communism, they say communism with Chinese characteristics. Yeah, that's what they always say in that in that speech that Xi Jinping just gave recently. He talked in, at length about communism with Chinese characteristics. Yeah, and that he prays for the day where like Americans have liberation with American characteristics. And and I think I think one of the key characteristics of yeah, liberation, and that's sort of what I was talking uh, about. One, for sure, pardon me. One of the key characteristics to American communism would be liberation. Like I think it the really key, would. The, like yeah. if you if like you the ultimate enter, if the ultimate freedom the idea, of the individual. If you can entertain the idea of what true american communism communism with american characteristics would be it would be communism with hyper aggressive anarchist notes yeah and extreme individualism yes Um, i I don't think that inherently makes it good i think that makes it american and this is where i like really get optimistic i think it's good because the argument against it anyway is like you'll take away your freedoms and everyone will look the same and act the same. And we like, already do that. Yeah. I'm like, we not, not here. It do wouldn't, that. It we wouldn't already happen. do that to some, to certain levels. We already do that. Well, like, yeah. When you're, like when you're, you're in the suburbs yourself, and you're like dressed to the nines and you're trying to impress your neighbors, yeah, you're dude, already caught. Like, like go, you, you already lost. Go drive to new developments in your closest urban area. Go drive 
and look at the new stuff that's being built. It They're all, all uniform. looks yeah. the fucking same. Like They're Daybreak, already doing it to Daybreak, Utah. You have the illusion of free choice right now. Like you're convinced that you make all these decisions and your life is so much different than everyone else's. Yeah. When in reality, your life is so much similar to everyone else's. Well, and the, the capitalists and the marketers, I mean, they're the top experts on, uh, psychology and uh so like what they do to the public is the same thing that you do to a toddler like if they're not going to eat you ask them okay are you going to eat three bites or are you going to eat five bites so they have an illusion of a choice but they actually have no choice but to eat so like for the american public it's like are you going to vote democrat or republican are you going to have pepsi or coke like you don't so you they try to distract from the third option of not non-participation well one of the things that i love uh with like american psyops is that they understand the laws of duality and they try to synthetically yeah we talked about it in like one of our first episodes as much as possible they try polarity yes they read uh, about it in the cabalion they as often as possible try to railroad there's power in there's power in making it. decisions yeah it, it, yeah well, like if you look at like uh cop interrogation tactics they literally railroad binaries as much as they can mm-hmm. like you don't cop interrogation does not have uh open end it's not therapy it interrogation no. well, is it, light it's, switches it's so effective yes no. that they they implant false memories and convince the person they committed a crime that's how potent those techniques are because yeah. they don't want maybe not all of them but they want to close the case and be done with the paperwork they don't give a shit they're they're, They're they're literally playing head games with themselves yeah like a cop's goal is to see justice to completion like they want the emotional public and the dopamine orgasm so they can say to the news we solved the crime the social monitor yeah yeah it was like the damian eccles case every cop that you witness in public that like like when they're quote unquote executing justice, like at, on some psychoanalytic level, they're trying to satisfy this need to be perceived as righteous. Yeah. Like that's their goal. Like, I mean, that's like, yeah. why else do you fucking it's become PR. a cop? Why else do you become a, you don't become a cop because you're like, it's PR. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, just, I'm really in it for the six figures and like the social accolades. Like it's hard to be a cop right now. Like Mm -hmm. rightfully so. Yeah. Um, so like the only thing that's left to it is this is creating a false complex. That's the reason that they like prey upon ex military. Well, it's, it's like, also, I think what happens is like they see, and especially from the inside, cause like what we see is only, is only what's been leaked behind the wall of uh, blue silence. Yes. Um, which is insane to even think about. It's probably Ugh. twice or more as worse behind the curtain. And that's probably not even an exaggeration. No. Um, so they try, I think, to create some sort of like sub personality or like narrative that tries to justify the horrible shit that they see and do on a daily basis. And they're like, well, not everything we did was bad, you know, 
one of the uh, sometimes of, we actually got an actual guilty guy. One of the well, things you know? I have to well, and this is <laughs> this this same sensation that you're explaining is uh, what created so much PTSD after the Vietnam War. It's what created so much PTSD yeah. after the Afghan Iraq War. Um, when when people talk about post 9/11 military PTSD, the vast majority of this PTSD is guilt. guilt. It is not. I saw some shit. Like how many? Well, how many of these guys do you think actually got like, into the trenches and fought organized militaries? Yeah, none. None. Well, you you they still went see over there and they shot goat farmers that coalesced to try to keep their ethnic region intact. Yeah, and they killed like an eight-year-old, what like that died like in a, his father's arms, who's like screaming, like God, Allah, why could you? How could this happen? And and yeah. then, and, then and if they don't care. Carry out the orders, they face military prison. Yeah, and they've you got, know? the military has its own cops, not to protect the the military, but to protect the military from itself. Yeah, and and so it's oh god, it's so disgusting because once the light bulb clicks, the the pipeline like when you like Yoda and Star Wars, I hate to make this comparison, but it's like when he says like. Hate leads to fear. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to sadness. The dark side. Sadness you know, he's like talking about sadness yeah. leads to suffering, which I think is like inverted. But well, like, I um, I, I like also the principle I also think Star Wars was built on known occult principles. I do too. Oh, absolutely. It, the way they that's why it the resonates. Force, the, re, the way they yeah. explain the force or the lack thereof of explaining the force makes it so occult. Um, yeah. That's the reason a good Star Wars film versus a bad Star Wars film is. Are they going to use the force or are they going to tell you why they get the force? Because if they're going to try to explain to you the force with like a like organized structure, it's going to be lame. Yeah. Uh, See the midichlorian. It's like the the Kabbalah when you get into what's the highest one, like Kether or something. Yes. Which supposedly represents God. They just say it is unexplainable. On purpose. Yeah. They're like. On purpose. Like you can't think about it. You can't explain it. It's impossible. Yes. Because the more you try to like explain it the less rational it is yeah. this is actually same why, with the Dow. yeah well yeah. this is actually why i say like one of the most dangerous i swear this is connected and i'm not trying to go down another rabbit hole but the reason that talking about music is so dangerous is as soon as you start to talk yeah. about the music you unravel it and you bring like i don't want somebody to talk to me well, about and you like, take the what fun away music from did it. to them yeah, yeah i don't want somebody like when somebody says like oh dude i love the song that you i'm not trying to be like i'm um, just always convinced they're lying to like I just don't Maybe like that's my, I don't I, I mean I'm my, flattered my if somebody own, uh, tells me that they liked my music I'm genuinely flattered thank you if you have gone out of your way to say that I've I've said but thank like, you for your music but like <laughs> I uh, I just want you to listen to like more of it and like cuz music to me is like a language of the divine Whatever that is to you, it's mm. like an unspoken language of like here I am talking about music I know we've done this a here bunch of go. times on the podcast but like the 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 idea is that we're breaking your the rule. Divine, yeah, the, <laughs> see, well, I, I, all I'm saying is it's dangerous because it like yeah. sucks the fun out of it a little bit. Yeah. Maybe I'll leave it there. Maybe I'll leave it there. Well, it's, it's like, it's dude, like, have you ever got to thinking about why sex feels good sometimes and then it's like no fun? Yeah, because you're like I chemicals and neurons yeah, dude, and whatever. I've literally been in yeah. the middle of having sex, not to be like TMI, but and then I've been like, oh yeah, this is happening because this is happening, and like I can't like, like I, it's enjoy, in my I can't brain be in the moment. I'm like thinking about like some fucking textbook dude, that, I read like two years ago, and I'm like, I am so. That's why. That's why it's hard for some people with ADHD like tendencies <laughs> to have sex they have to turn off like all the TV uh, even turn off the music, music. sometimes I, yep because yep. I'm like I'm listening to it nothing and I'm is like, harder oh, no. to me than hearing like a lawnmower or a, <laughs> a sprinkler system just like if I if it's the middle of the day if it's the middle of the day and I hear like tick 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 
like, yeah, that brings me back. That brings me back. Somebody's about to get it. No, no but uh, what about the, the magic? Because it was like people who go to film school, I've heard that they warn people sometimes. They're like, look, if you go to film school, you're going to ruin film for you for the yes. rest of your life. Because you're, you're going to be thinking about camera angles, like different types of like plot devices yes. and plot points uh you know like script you know first act second act third act like lsd and union psychoanalytics will ruin any contemporary storytelling for you that's Just true a too heads up. well that's because Just a heads up that's because most uh television and movies follow the same arc tropes like 90 percent of them every well there's also tropes is kind of there's also uh, tropes everything you almost everything is, is a kind trope. of either shoster's canterbury tales in the west Chaucer's Canterbury Tales, Aesop's Fables, or The Brothers Grimm. It's like one yeah. flavor of the three. This is like why I yeah. think actually people got so hyped on Rick and Morty is they're like, oh, dude, it's like meta. It's like explaining that not only does nothing mean anything, but that there's like lots of ways to like interpret this lived experience. Yeah. And like on the one level, I'm like, it's kind of annoying for you to say it like but that. Every but every time they really... still face an antagonist. Kind there's of. always, almost in dude, every single episode, I, there's an antagonist. Have you watched the new season? I haven't yet. The, okay, there's a, there's an episode legally <laughs> downloaded. There's yeah, there's an episode <laughs> from this new season that I was so floored by, and part of the reason was because um, they explained Hinduism without meaning to, I think, mm. in, by using an Asimov cascade. Are you familiar? No. So Asimov cascades are when like. Uh, Human being, so like the theory is in Isaac Asimov's writing is as soon as human beings created a clone, they saw God because that clone then creates a clone and then yeah. that clone eventually, and eventually the clones replicate forever. until they create yeah. your creator. Yeah. And the, the idea is that the divine, okay. and this is like the idea in Hinduism, I'm doing a crude interpretation, but this is mine and you can correct me. Please feel free. The only to. reason why I have like any grasp on this is because of all the shit I've already read. <laughs> yeah, so, like, the idea is that, like, once... So, like, in a lot of Asimov Cascades, what happens is as soon as a clone is created, they are aggressive. And it's because our perception of one another is through the lens of guilt. Um, because, mm. we, yeah, we see each other. But this is the idea that life is suffering yeah. is the reason that we always resort to violence is because life inherently exists in a state of suffering, right? Yeah. So the, the so our plane. replicas consistently go back and forth killing each other. And this is like the episode of the Rick and Morty. But the replicas gradually get more and more grotesque, right? Yeah. But literally how you stop the cycle of suffering is through compassion. Yes. All it takes is one. All it takes is one. This is yeah. the coolest part of Hinduism and the idea of the case cascade is like one set of replicas has to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I don't want to fight God anymore. I want to just celebrate God. Yeah. And, and the easiest way to do this is by like recognizing your own divinity. Ooh, and like, I've actually had a lot of thoughts about this recently because I've uh, been reading a lot of Neville. It's like literally. And I'm like, if I'm in, if I'm God incarnate, I can't. I got to do my best to like forgive everybody. As um, as yourself, as much as I can, as yourself, yes. as yeah. yourself. And one of the quickest ways to forgiveness for yourself, in my opinion, and this kind of ties into the Asimov cascade, is like when you choose to be compassionate to others you are offering yourself an invitation to progress. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't mean like, oh, I was nice to this guy. I deserve this new car. No, it's what it does is it, it gives you yeah. more opportunity to be present. 
That's the ultimate gift that divinity provides us is more and more layers of awareness. So when you choose to be kind, you're breaking the cycle uh, because like you're suffering. So, you know, you project onto someone else and then they, it goes through the whole incarnation cycle and comes back to you as karma. Um, so towards the end of Neville Goddard, Goddard's life, his, uh, lectures started getting super far out. Because uh, he sort of goes into the the promise in his books, but he gets into detail later on in his lectures. And uh, Mitch Horowitz did an audio book uh, called Immortal Man, where he did a bunch of selected writings, especially from his older lectures. And Neville Goddard talks about experiencing the law, finding out he was God. And towards the end of the life, he says he was like transcending. He was like visiting other dimensions. Right. He said he would visit dimensions and... If, if you get to that state of consciousness, and this is pretty insane, it's like when you walk around and you see disabled people or, you know, people in need, like he says, like arms will grow back on people without limbs. Yes. He'll say like, and I'm like, if this is literal and he was sort of living in a dualistic world before he died, I can't even that is so fucking trippy and well i can't dude the thing I is, can't is even he's think not about the it. only one that has suggested yeah, this. that's what i'm saying jesus christ jesus. talked about the same yeah. thing and it's like it's all universal dude is like once you accept your suffering and you use it as a tool for compassion yeah though like the laws of reality start to play games yep. like this is the thing like uh it goes back to neem Kroli baba with ram das when ram das took mm-hmm. all that lsd to him a vial of acid and neem Kroli baba drank it and it did nothing to him right because he already lives achieved. in a permanent state of yeah. psychosis okay because this is all lsd does is put you into a state of psychosis induced state of psychosis okay uh, you can like try to explain to me as much as yeah else there, you there's always going to be science yeah there's uh, there's can, always going to be some physical my lived experience is you take lsd it puts you in a state of psychosis the state of psychosis makes you submit your ego your ego is who you think you are once you give that thing up known as an ego death you become universal that means you're attached and connected to everything once you do that you understand that basically behind the curtain is only love and that there's either love or the absence thereof aka suffering and then once you've accepted that you need both in order to perceive love then you play the game more effectively yeah well that's that's the the apple of from the tree of knowledge yes is it's the knowledge of good and evil which you know, good is love, evil well, is suffering. And it's the ultimate extension and you of the have idea to experience of mortality. It to become a god. Yes. You have to. Yes. Mortality is like a privilege that's like the icing on the cake of existence yeah. is that eventually this ride ends and you transcend. Yeah. And it doesn't matter because, you, you know, if these teachers are right, you are, a, you're a, in a way we can't even fathom some kind of limitless uh, immortal being even if your physical body dies you're gonna keep doing this over and over and over and over again until you achieve that state of consciousness if and then you'll be free if but you you've probably already done it if you eventually become <laughs> a god and you don't believe that you are right now understand that when you become the god time is irrelevant Okay. Because it never so was. If time it never is irrelevant was relevant. Then, if time is irrelevant then, time is irrelevant now. Yeah. Because this moment right now, you are a divine being. If you believe that you eventually become one to some extension, aka yeah. heaven, aka death, aka yep. transcendence, whatever flavor yeah. of this condition you want to describe it as, you need to understand that that exists right then as much as it does right now. Yeah. Well, and if, if you're an eternal being who's 
maybe behind the scenes, formless and changeless. That means that not only have you done this before, but you've played all of the other parts in re- your reality. And you're doing it on purpose. And you'll, and you'll continue doing them forever. And that's the dance is like uh, Alan Watts. Oof. Alan Watts should have said some weed. For yeah, this right. Episode. Alan Watts literally said <laughs> that like uh, suffering and love. It's not about separating the two. It's about learning to make them. Well, dance. that's uh, with the polarity. When you depolarize your you learn that like love and hate are aspects of the same thing. And it just depends on and it's just a sliding scale. I'm gonna, where you're gonna lay, where, where you're gonna lay on. You know? One of the ones, one of the things that Ramdas says in his book "Be Here Now" that is still to this day controversial, and I love that it's controversial because it's so good. He says, "Hippies create police. Police create hippies. You cannot yeah. effectively protest the thing that you swear you are against until you love it the same as you love yeah. yourself." So, for me, with police officers, I have so many harbored hateful feelings towards them, and I think the institution is wrong. But I can't. But help, you have to forgive I them. I can't help but forgive and love them for my lived if experiences. You're, if you're I'm not saying enlighten. this on behalf of the other. I'm not saying right. this on behalf of others. Because no, I'm not saying this kind of don't thing. Don't do people it. Go, well, what about this? Well, what about that? What about this? Then don't do it. Okay. Don't and, forgive them. And not only that. Not only that. That's on your, your own path. That's your life. That's yeah. your incarnation. That's your life cycle. But for the for the sake of God, do not live vicariously through someone else's lived experiences. Mm-hmm. That is such a disservice to not only you, but them. That's a disservice to their memory. Mm-hmm. That's what makes me sick. That's what makes me sick when you have all of these half-hearted effigies that lay around from people that have died by the police. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, all you're doing is just reconjuring their names. So they can't even rest easy because you keep procuring their likeness into this reality yeah. to use as a beckoning to make yourself feel gratified. Like shame on you. Shame on you for doing that. Okay. And so this is, I've really had to stop and think about what my lived experiences are and choose to improve that. That's not where my karma resides. Right. My karma resides in much different pockets and I have plenty of it myself. It's maybe not the same as another's. It's not. No one's karma is the same. Right. But it is still suffering and I choose to celebrate it in my own right. Mm-hmm. And this is truly where I believe that liberation starts from the lowest denominator and that the, the internet yeah. did a great, the internet is a great tool for literacy. It really is. And so I think we're really speeding up a, a revolution because yeah. of it. And I've been, I've had a few thoughts. Uh, like I'm wondering if everyone, at least on our incarnational level is closer to being done with it, whatever the karmic cycle is because like uh even with like the prominence of um i mean the seeming surge of things like autism there have been like speculation that autism is actually the next stage of human evolution and typically you know not everybody but people with autism typically have an emotional, uh, empathetic depth that is much deeper than m- most neurotypical people. Even if they don't portray it very well, they feel they can feel secondhand emotions like it's like they're swimming in it, like they're swimming in water. Now, here's the thing you need to so, keep. Sorry, I'm sorry. Oh no, you're good. So, like, I mean, that level of awareness of you know, if that is true, and they're you know, let's say like five or ten times more empathetic. That's going to make living in the world hard because everything suffering's all around them, so they can barely move. But it will also make it divine. Yes, 
but also the level of compassion that they have uh, will continue to snowball out from them and eventually hopefully human beings will become more tolerable to live around when jesus but, if if we can talk quick about this um when jesus is being crucified what does he say to god he says forgive them father for, the, for they do not know that, which which if you are god and you are somehow especially going into neville stuff somehow creating their experiences by you your concept of them then they have no choice but to enact what it's your concept of them is. It's all part of the karma cycle. Yeah. Like, so you, you have to forgive as them. Much, you are just as much Jesus Christ as you are Adolf Hitler. Yep. That's that's going to be a tough one, I think, for people. Well, this is the danger of taking DMT. And, like, yeah. um, like the Maps guy was just recently on the Rogan pod, and he talked at length about this, how he was on DMT one time, and he realized he was Hitler. And he was like... He said it was very troubling for him psychologically because yeah. he felt so much guilt. And this is just like when Jesus, when Jesus weeps in the Bible, mm-hmm. like how bad did it have to get for Jesus Christ to cry? Yep. Well, that, that's the <laughs> like, thing. Like if you are, if you are infinite and you are somehow like energy or something formless beyond this uh, reality, that means you are indeed Adolf Hitler. And so am I. So we have to come to terms with the fact that humanity and humans can create depths of suffering. And that that's where shadow integration comes from is like you acknowledge that you have the power to do something as horrible as that, but then choosing not to while at the same time giving love to that aspect of yourself. You can only perceive that heinous of hate if you can also experience that level of love. And that's where I think when people ask me if I think things are going to get worse, and I know sometimes that can be a doomer on here. I do think things are going to get worse. I think that that is inherently, first of all, I think that's a key ingredient to getting us into space. Honestly, I I think that's built into the universe. But I think it slingshots us into a state of euphoria that lasts for a New York minute. It's because like, you know, the cliche, the darkest is always, or no, it's always darkest before the dawn, you know? Yes. But I think that's built in because in almost every situation in my life, things seemingly got worse right before they got better. You know, like I had a period of suffering. Then there was a small period where it got worse and more intense. After that, it's like it lifted up. Every time Job, The reason that Job from the Old Testament doesn't reach a phase of enlightenment is because he won't submit. Right. Because he still continues to question God. Yeah. It, when, when like a job complex is as close to damnation as you can perceive yep. in the human condition because you are your pity is misattributed compassion because you won't give up. Yep. You just genuinely have to get swallowed by it. Also, like, you know how Job was healed? How's that? In the end, he prayed for his friends. Oh, dude. Because I read, oh, dude. because like I have some, I mean, not, I don't think it was as bad as Job, but some of my luck streaks were so bad that I like, you just start to wonder. I kept thinking about Job and I kept thinking about Job and I, like even two or three weeks ago, I read the whole book of Job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also stumbled upon uh, a Neville Goddard uh, lecture where he talks about Job and it was in the end when he prayed for his friends dude that it was when he stopped he stopped complaining because i think it was built into the story but it was sort of hidden it was made a little bit obscure 
but he he kept complaining. Like, why is this happening to me? Why? What have you done? I'm a righteous man. Why are you doing this? And basically getting stuck in a thought pattern like that keeps recreating your current situation. And once he broke his focus and, you know, prayed for the well-being of his friends, broke out of that thought pattern, that's when God gave more than what he had before. More. That's another important thing, too. It was like double or more of whatever he experienced before. I I was thinking this morning and yesterday, um, I had an experience in uh, Las Vegas after I had done some heroic LSD. Mm Mm-hmm. And I had basically asked, this is after my dad had died. And I was like, I want to like try to connect to my dead father through LSD. And, and yeah. I've, I've shared some things in private that, I mean, uh, you, you can't explain. Yeah. Um, but I went into the LSD with the intention of like, I love my dad so much. I just wish he could like, tell me what he would want me to do. Mm. And, uh, I recently was revisiting what happened after the LSD. Cause I didn't have this moment where he like came to me like an avatar vision. And he was like, you must fulfill this quest. That's mm. not what happened. Mufasa. It was like weeks later and I was in a grocery store and, um, I'm, I'm waiting in line and I'm like really irritated. And, um, this, this couple in front of me has a baby and the baby won't stop looking at me. And I'm like diverting my attention. It's like it's like when you make con- eye contact with the dog, and you're like, oh shit! And I just and, and you I, look back, I looked but then you look baby, back, and, they and keep I looked at this at baby you. again, and the baby just started laughing and smiling. Aww. And I just sat in my car and just cried my eyes yeah. out. And uh, there was a message in that for me. I thought I'd lost my mind because of how much unabashed love I felt between this child yeah, who I have some no random social yeah. connection to, except for that we're all, both universe on this giant organic spaceship that we call earth. Right. So there's like mm-hmm. that level of love. Right. But this isn't my child in the affectation of like my seed. Right. And I, I, I just got to thinking about like how vulnerable children are. Yeah. And how they are just it's sorry to like divert it to this like topic, but like the reason I bring this up is just because I think about how simple kids are in regards to like loving and being mm-hmm. kind and wanting to be friends with everybody. Yeah. And just being nice. Like they're programmed to be that way, and I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's our it's probably humanity's default operating state. And at some point on the timeline they get riddled with karma. They do, but I think it was on purpose. Like, especially if you keep reading Neville and I'm going to bring him up. I don't care. I love it. No, I love it. Uh, God wanted the experience of becoming God. And therefore he had to feel what it was like to not be God. Yes. So like you have, you know, these centuries, if not millennia of suffering in order to basically relearn distancing yourself like, you know what, like, you know, relearning, forgiving the entirety of, you know, human history, you know, you have to be pretty evolved to do that Yeah. with, with the atrocities. So like, if you can get to a point where you can f- somehow forgive everybody outside of yourself and including yourself, that is not easy. That's something only a God can do. One of the, one of the most potent phrases to show forgiveness 
is I love you. Mm-hmm. It is an unfiltered, unadulterated channel from one soul to another to just say, hey, you and me both. Mm-hmm. That's what I think of when I say, when somebody tells me they love me, mm-hmm. I just can't help but think like you too, dude, like, yeah. like all my suffering, like all the hardships, the things I've had, it's like, no way, not you too. You know, like, yeah. it's just like this moment where it's like, holy shit, dude, like mm-hmm. I am not alone. And this is the, the idea that I've, I've often thought about with God where like God disconnected themselves yeah. from themselves to find themselves. Yes. And that like your ultimate pathway to enlightenment is just compassion. And look, I'm not the one to preach this. I'm still very much a work in progress, Yeah, but I can it, it say takes that there is a sure. level of it compassion that happens when well, I, this is, uh, so the only way, cause I dealt with religious guilt for like over 20 years, um, due to like some heavy sexual shame, uh, early on. And the only way I was able to alleviate myself of that guilt was to just let's just say I pretend that I am God so I must forgive myself and alleviate my own guilt and you know well, go like, forth and sin no more I guess I love that in the Gnostic Gospel of John John three sixteen, 16 uh, he literally explains the path to enlightenment um, that like we're an eighth dimensional being that yeah. created ourselves to return to ourselves. Like for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten I thought John son. was a main, is it not a main gospel? It is. It's, it's a synoptic gospel, but it's the most Gnostic oh, of the four of the main. Okay. Yeah. For God so loved the world but that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish. Who but is have your, everlasting who is life. you? Yes. Who is I if am? You replace it all with the identity of I am and you yeah. create yourself in each piece of the puzzle. You realize that it's literally a recipe to yeah. enlightenment. Well, and like when they say be still and know that I am God, that means you, you are God. I am God. And and when the Buddhist so says So like, hey, I remember I am God. I can adjust myself. I can adjust my state of being and maybe alter my state of suffering. When, That's what it means. Yeah. When the Buddha says before enlightenment, chop wood, fetch water. Yep. After enlightenment, chop wood, fetch water. What mm-hmm. I take from that is the same principle. It's like you've seen behind the curtain. You understand that this is all a game. The game is to experience reality in its most pure essences, yep. chase after those, receive them, suffer, experience, love. And in the Bible and with Neville Goddard, he refers to that as the world of Caesar. So if you become somehow enlightenment, if you can somehow accept that you are God and you need to forgive everybody in order to also forgive yourself, yada, 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 you still live in this, what he calls the world of Caesar. So like you still have to, you know, your rent's not going to go away because you became enlightened. So you you still got to go about your your daily business still needs to inherently be a part of the puzzle. Yeah. So like you got to pay, you know, you got to buy food, you got to buy clothes, all that, but you have, you now have an edge. Yeah. You're like, you see that you're on the hamster wheel and you continue to go. Yeah. It's like a, and it becomes more bearable after it. Well, the goal, the goal is to, it's painful to get there though. I will say that like my, the path of occultism was driven by my suffering. Yeah. I, I, I I wouldn't have even considered it if I hadn't been suffering. I did not explore. I I did not explore psychedelic drugs because of high self-esteem. Yeah. That's for sure. Which maybe 
it's necessary. Well, you, you, think, you finally suffer to the point where you can open your mind. When you talk about divinity, especially in the West, there's always a breaking point and, and the supplication comes with humility. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, there, there was a Mormon, um, apostle that's why they that say said, a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Yes. Because when, you, you don't seek the so-called kingdom of God until you're basically at there the was point a, you can't suffer anymore without divine help. Right. There was a Mormon apostle that said, are we not all beggars before the eyes of God? And I, mm-hmm. as annoying as it is to hear truth from that, uh, I, I agree. With I think, the sentiment. Uh, since like lies and truths are also on a polarity, I think that in a lot, if not every lie, in most lies, there's a grain of truth. There, they have to be contrived. On so like, truth. I, I don't believe like the Mormon theology as they put it out there, but I do believe you can in almost any or- religious organization gain these nuggets. Well, yeah, I yeah yeah I'm with you. Yeah. So it's good to not to, throw the baby oh, out with the yeah. bathwater, as they say. So, I think it's yeah, separating the wheat from the chaff. That's a more healthy way to yep. describe it. You you can look at something uh, and intellectually extract the good out of it and leave leave uh, leave what's uh, unnecessary and what's uh, anything that's not true and that doesn't resonate with the idea of enlightenment or ending human suffering or personal empowerment. Yeah. Cool. Well, anything else? This was really nice. I love how that evolved to the end. Yeah. That got so silly. I that like, was that was a funny transition. That, the, yeah, the way like we that, started it, it genuinely, and ended on that enlightenment. Had like, that had the most like corny <laughs> climax of all time. Yeah. That was like missionary sort of sex did. for fifteen minutes. You're welcome, by the way. Yeah. I hope you came. I hope you're smiled and <laughs> smiling and satisfied. And tired. <laughs> I hope you're sleepy. Uh, uh. Well, uh, this God would like to invite you to, uh, if you find this helpful or interesting or whatever, um, and you feel like throwing even just a dollar our way, uh, head over to our link tree, uh, forward slash fake magic. Uh, that's L I N K T R dot E E, I believe, forward slash fake magic. One word, it's spelled normally, but with the K also at the end after the C. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the Patreon, there's some merch stuff. Um, there's a different levels. Even a dollar a month would be, I'd be blown away. Uh, appreciated. Uh, it's patreon.com forward slash fake magic with uh, the CK at the end. Instagram is fake magic pod all one word magic with the ck um we have yeah all of our links are at that link tree though so uh cool we'll uh we'll talk to you later love you